Uncle Jack's party is tomorrow, and it looks like Erica Sinclair is going to be a little bit late. But good news, you're not too late for a party of your own. And by a party of your own, I mean the party in your mouth that you're going to kick off the second you indulge in Haagen-Dazs' Trio Crispy Layers Collection. Haagen-Dazs knows your best moments are made even better with a side of their most extraordinary ice cream. That's why this summer, you can treat yourself to any one of the nine flavors of the Trio Crispy Layers Collection. That's right, nine flavors with 15 layers of decadence, and you can indulge like never before. So what is Trio Crispy Layers exactly? You know what? I'd love to tell you. Haagen-Dazs' Trio Crispy Layers ice cream carton is a harmonious blend of texture, crisp layers, and the finest ice cream all working together to hit you up with 15 layers of extraordinary flavor. It comes in a variety of different flavors, including four different chocolate flavors, like salted caramel chocolate, made from layers of lightly salted caramel ice cream and irresistible chocolate ice cream stacked between crispy Belgian chocolate. How's that for taste appeal? I'm getting hungry even talking about it. And if it's not enough chocolate for you, there's other flavors too, like the triple chocolate flavor, as well as a non-dairy dark chocolate crunchy peanut butter. Erica, Steve, Robin, and Dustin, they're a long way away from Scoops Ahoy right now as they plummet beneath the Starcourt Mall into some strange, weird Russian base place. Honestly, Hawkins, get it together. But you are so close to Ice Cream Paradise. Go there. Go to Ice Cream Paradise. You deserve to be there. And you can be there by picking up Trio Crispy Layers from haagen at various stores near you. And if you want to discover more, head on over to haagen It's that easy. Stranger Things 3, Chapter 5, The Flayed is over, but we are just getting started talking about it here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Wiggler, and I'm here for you, Mikey Bloom. Oh, no. I pulled up in my Podfather license plate car and everything. Podfather. (laughs) Are you commandeering it, Josh? I'm commandeering it, uh, and I've got all these weird black veins running through my face, and when you punch me, I've got, like, the black gurgly goo, like the penguin from Batman Returns, and all sorts of nastiness. What'd you say? And, oh, my God, yeah, I'm just really just an excuse to continue tapping into uh, what I... I never really knew that you did a Batman. I mean, I didn't realize I did a Batman either. Yeah. And I think the people will let us know if you do a Batman. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Batman or like a man who woke up after screaming at a rock concert the night before. We'll but find you know, out. a little column A, a little bit of column B. All right. The Flayed is now under our belts, probably deeply under your belts by the time that you are listening to yeah, this. probably at your knees at this point. Yeah, you've probably been through this already. Uh, many of you who are listening to this, I'm sure, have already binged all of Stranger Things. Season three, if you're listening to these podcasts, you know that Mike and I are going through this episode by episode, stopping down after each one and recording recording a podcast that we are releasing for you here on Post Show Recaps. End in sight, Mike. After this one, there's only uh, three more episodes to talk about. We've got 306 on uh, July 15th is when that's going to be posting. Episode 7 is going to post July 17th, and the finale will post on July 19th. So one more week of Stranger Things coverage after uh, talking about the flayed here. Yeah, we're looking, we're looking at the back half of the season, much like Hopper loves to use his back half to store his gun. Yeah, the story the story is on its way out the door. Uh, do we need a Russian translator to uh, to help us here in bringing the flayed in for a landing? I mean, I... Do we want to go to uh, to Illinois? Illinois, or yeah. however Eleven pronounced it. Uh, I mean... I love how she pronounced it. She's like, Illinois. 
I mean, you do a great job of introducing us, so I think you'd be able to get past Murray's smell test in front of the camera, so I do not think we'd get a gun in front of our face, though. I'm a little, uh, you know, I'm a little skeevy about the impromptu metal detector or whatever the heck he was sensing there, though it's always great to see Brett Gelman back. I do not think my theory of him partnering up with Bruce is uh, holding any water. At this point, considering the very disparate fate. It may be holding some goo. I mean, I guess like... This whole season's holding goo. We went from season two to season goo, Josh. I can't believe this. Murray could always, you know, get uh, infected by the Mind Flayer and turn into a pile of goo, and then he and Bruce could team up that way. Goose? Oh, I guess that that would work. (laughs) That would work. And then I think we would just have to shut down the competition, and uh, we'd call it... We'd call it a, we'd yeah, call be, it a day. I, that'd be very eerily prescient on my part. I might have to go into like buying lotto tickets if that really turns out to be true. If you have Goose pair up with Guri and they form the next new crack team that, I don't know, solves crimes in the Upside Down or something. You may be on crack if you think that that's what's going to happen <laughs> yourself. You may be part of the crack team. Uh, lots Again, of te- like, like, like Hopper's uh, choice of storage for his gun. Yes, lots of team-ups happening here in this episode of Stranger Things as uh, my favorite characters on the show, Jonathan and Nancy, are being folded into the storyline involving the party. Uh, as we discussed not terribly long ago, a couple podcasts ago, uh, the, the show tends to, to compress the storylines. Everybody sort of comes back together. We're starting to hit that moment. I think with three episodes to go, uh, this seems to be about the right time for people to start, um, the, those universes to start collapsing a little bit. So I think Jonathan and Nancy, for me, are going to be more tolerable when their story is more closely aligned. <laughs> water it down a bit. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, look, they were involved in a really intense sequence at the uh, end of this episode that I really enjoyed watching. I mean, enjoyed is probably the wrong word. Here's the question I'll throw out to you, Josh. Is this... Was that the most horror that Stranger Things has ever seen? The most horror that Stranger Things has ever Because I know that seen. horror is a very umbrella term, speaking of the rain that came a couple episodes ago. But I feel like the chasing that was going on, you know, the, the extreme uh, abnormalities and a lot of the suspense that was happening during that pretty much like unbroken seven minutes, seven to ten minutes at the end there, felt like the most scary to me than maybe when will first got taken by the demogorgon in the first episode yeah uh i think that i think that the horror of season one is still at the top for me just because it was so classic it was really clean um you know it relied a lot on like the monster in the shadows that you don't know too much about and so i think for for me stranger things was at its best when it was taking a page out of the cypher playbook ignorance is bliss you know just like eating a fat steak and you're not you're not really sure exactly what awaits you in the upside down. And I mean, frankly, we still don't really know what the deal is with the upside down. Like we're you know we have like some more mythology pieces, but we don't know what you know the wants of the of the creatures from there truly are or anything like that. Um, as far as like just like gross out horror goes, um, I was going to say that this takes the cake, but I still think that. Uh, Erica destroying 16 separate ice cream products is probably the king. It's just more of a realistic type of gross. Uh, this is where you put your hand in a pile of goo, and that's your friend, man. That's your boss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is what we got to see, some confrontation in the hospital, which was very heavily alluded to in the previews. I remember when, honestly, when I saw Nancy and Jonathan, you know, go up alone following the hospital's uh, visitation policy and going in, you know, two by two. I had a feeling that what was going to happen was going to happen because you thought you when you seen a preview of Jonathan facing down with this really crazy creature, you're like, okay, where are we going to be in a hospital again? Like we were in season two, 
And so I had a feeling it was coming. I did not expect the extended showdown with Tom and Bruce, which yeah. again is a really extended way to not only build out the mythos of this hive mind in terms of, you know, if you uh, hurt one of them, you hurt the, the rest of them, or at least the one that's adjacent to them. But also, you know, the fact that they are, as we talked about last episode, facing off against people they know, and given the super strength, almost power of the mind flare, how are they going to be able to legitimately... Uh, you know, survive essentially, and then they. It turns out that you can't. You can kill their human forms, but then they'll come back together and form a big old goo muscle monster, and then you're up Shit's Creek. Then you're up Shit's Creek, which is a separate show that we do not podcast about here on Poster Recaps. <laughs> uh, I really haven't seen a lot of, but I hear is fantastic. If Catherine O'Hara appears here at the end of Stranger Things. That would uh, be a good get, honestly. I, be, I think she's like '80s adjacent. Yeah, right? that'd be great. She's like she, she had a role in Beetlejuice. Oh, like, she's, she's full '80s. She totally counts. Yeah, absolutely qualified. All right. Well, I'm putting in a bid there. Jeffrey Brothers, putting it out there into the universe. Let's get Catherine O'Hara for season four. If you haven't already jumped the gun and uh, booked her for me in advance. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this episode. Lots to talk about. A little bit less time to talk about it in for this podcast. So let's get into the meat of the matter as much as we can. Let's talk about this cold open, which begins very Lost-like. Uh, you're, you know, you're, yeah. down, you're down the hatch. This thing is is going crazy. So luckily, after the cold open, we didn't have to wait three months I know. to get a resolution from it. <laughs> yeah, you just really go right into it. Uh, but we're in the the elevator to hell uh, with with Steve and Erica and Robin and Dustin. Uh, the the elevator eventually grinds to a halt. Uh, the the elevator eventually drops some luggage onto Steve's groin, which feels uncomfortable. Seems uncomfortable. Not the only uh, groin action from Steve Harrington in this episode yeah, either. Steve's groin is a, a main factor in the complications involving the elevator. I did think for a hot second, Josh, that we would get a bottle episode for the Scooper Troopers. Oh God, stuck in the elevator. I think maybe if this had been like a twelve or thirteen episode season, like your other prestige TV. We definitely could have seen that, but I'm glad those workers happened to drop by and got a little bit of a move on in terms of their not so secretive spy work here. Yeah, there's a little bit of there's some movement happening in the uh, in the elevator as well, or I guess on top of the elevator, but that's not quite. Well, no, in number, the cold yeah, number one instead of number two. Number gosh, one instead of number two. How did Erica not go number two? <laughs> she ate so much ice cream <laughs> before she got in the elevator. What a nightmare! Get into the hard things here on Stranger Things podcast. Mike, like, why didn't Erica poop in the Mike, elevator over? Mike, throw me in the sauna and. Lie Lock me away before <laughs> before uh, feeding me 16 different products of ice cream and locking me away in an elevator well, overnight. Not have, even a contest. I mean, I think that good thing she didn't have that green goo. That'd probably go right through oh, her. Oh, God. Literally. Yeah, literally right through her. Uh, so, yeah, Erica has a funny line where she says, I better be back in time for Uncle Jack's party. Otherwise, you're all dead. Yeah, and then Steve responds, like, we don't care about Uncle Jack. Yeah, we don't care or about Tina. Uncle Jack. Yeah. Uh, the groin. So, so that's that's the elevator. We'll get back to that. Uh, the rest of the cold open is really dealing with Hopper and Joyce and the new friend that they are going to meet, uh, Alexi. I call him Nerdy Matthew Reese because he sort of has that Matthew Reese hair from the Americans. Maybe the, it's maybe it's his uh, one of his alter egos. Oh, I mean that's some very heavy undercover work. He's got similar hair. He's maybe just like puts on a false nose, like false teeth. But yeah, so uh, they go to Hess Farms uh, and the Lynx trucks back and it's better than ever. And so they go, they find this like. So I guess this is where they're, it's sort of like a, I don't know, a, a, an off, a, 
an offspring of what they're doing underneath the mall. There seems to be some sort of machinery going on there that they won't stay for too long to find out. Under the mall is the Swan Station, and yes. this is like the the fire station. Yes, exactly. And Mikhail yes. is playing played by Alexi here. Though they won't stay for too nerdy long. Mikhail. Yes, <laughs> this guy. Uh, Erica would have a field day with this. He's guy. like Mikhail and Ben Linus's love child. Uh, but they wouldn't be staying here for long because we get our own little like No Country for Old Men homage this episode with uh, I'm. Just I'm just gonna call him Arnie right now. This well, I mean, didn't Mayor Klein literally say like it's Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, so I, I mean, this yeah. guy is essentially the Terminator. So we should call him Arnie or the Terminator if you want to. I mean, he's the Terminator, dude. Like this is you know uh, the Duffer Brothers are very out uh, about being huge James Cameron fans. Aliens was a huge influence on, on Duffer Brothers confirmed two. as T Dub. Uh, yeah, it could be the T Duffer Brothers. Oh, uh, now it all makes sense. As they are, as they are uh, very clearly paying homage to the Terminator with this Russian character, who I am totally fine to call Arnie if you prefer, uh, or the Terminator alternately. Uh, but this is, you know, this is Russian robot, full scale ahead. Another fight scene between him and Hopper. Joy's throwing the gun to Hopper. Oh that doesn't work out so great. I, I love that, though, because that's very, like, that feels like a MacGruber type of thing, you know, like botching, subverting the action movie. 30 seconds, Jim Hopper. Exactly. Quick, toss me that gun. No. Yeah. <laughs> you threw it to the exact opposite person. But Maybe they would have gotten out cleaner if they had some celery and peanut butter on hand. You know what? At least Hopper's good with a wrench in yes. a quick fix. Um, maybe he <laughs> no, could, so let's not speculate where that could go. Yeah, maybe he could have used that wrench in yeah, a, yeah, in a yeah, different yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now we have a limping Russian man just very slowly pursuing them, though I I, I question as to how they're, he's going to trace it back to Murray. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, but that's the cold open. It's a fun cold open for, for this episode. Uh, Joyce uh, having difficulty driving uh, as well. Uh, the car itself is, is going to have some trouble as well. I think that we can go. Uh, we'll just follow Hopper and Joyce for a little while. Uh, oh, like as, Arnie. Yeah, much like much like Arnie, where their car breaks down. Joyce is trying to get Alexi to talk to her in Russian. There's a lot of like that um, miscommunication comedy that's happening mm-hmm. here. Uh, the fact that they can't really like get through to this guy Hopper seems a lot more frustrated about it than Joyce, who's just kind of like over the whole situation at this point. Yeah, what did you think about the Joyce Hopper stuff going on this episode? Because I mean, Murray just sort of lampshaded as a lover's quarrel, and this does feel a bit like I don't know. We almost we almost like reversed from we we've sort of started in the third act of the romantic comedy or the second act of the romantic comedy now we've gone back to the first act of the romantic comedy we're like they're at odds with each other yeah. they don't get along at all i think you know i don't love this type of stuff right. uh like i i think that this is this is uh this this falls under the category of some of the things about stranger things that just like i i could really leave um I, I think because like you know we're watching it together it's it, it this it's like I can I can laugh at it because like I have another human being to laugh <laughs> at it with but if I was like watching this alone I think I'd be that's like, what you think I'm just a pile of goo man I think I I just I mean aren't we all uh, I think <laughs> I think I would be a little more annoyed with it than I than I am right now. Um, and a lot of it's carried by the fact that Winona Ryder and David Harbour are both great, and they're clearly having a lot of fun. Um, but I feel like the fun that they're having as performers, I don't know if it outweighs, like, a lot of, like, the problems I have with the way that Hopper talks to Joyce. Is it yeah. great? Uh, it's just, especially when you know that, like, a lot of it comes from him being, like, really frustrated. It's like, I know you like me, and you're not leaning into that, and so now why don't I insult you about it? It's just like, come on, Hopper. It's a little grade school, yeah. And it's He's also, off. And it's also, it's very hot and cold, uh, even though he likes it cold, you know, yes. when... when <laughs> he loves it hot and cold. Though, you know, last episode when he's like, Joyce, you're the best. You're going to be a detective. And then this episode, he's like, can't you start a freaking 
car, Joyce. Yeah, and it, I, it is Detective uh, Detective Byers instead of Inspector yes, Joyce, unfortunately. My favorite Detective Pikachu spinoff film yes, coming soon. Yes. Uh, so that's what's going on with them. They're going to go and they're going to find somebody in Illinois. Uh, uh, who's very annoyed? Who's very annoyed? Who's very? Who's maybe a little bit ill as well? Uh, I, we're going to talk about the the stuff happening with the party separately, but there is this really cool um, cool scene. It doesn't really impact the Hopper storyline too much, where Eleven sees that Hopper and Joyce are going to Illinois, and like we see David Harbor in like that, like you know the the black, all black, upside down, adjacent mm. type of thing. That was really really neat. Yeah, really fun effect. I thought you first, were excited. You were like, "Oh, this is this is incredible!" And then like it didn't really turn into yeah, anything, but it looked really cool. I thought for a second that like maybe the mind flayer had I don't know dropped Hopper into some sort of weird like dreamscape. You know, I, I know that I made the comparison to Matt Parkman beforehand. Maybe there was sort of some sort of mental manipulation going on there. Though it is interesting because, like we said. Uh, Stranger Things likes to sort of, I compare it to, again, another musical theater reference, the song One Day More from Les Miserables, oh, where we get, get me started. we get everyone singing their little snatches of melodies, and then they all come together at the very end in one big cacophony of music. And I feel like now we're starting to sort of intertwine lines into one another here. But it is so interesting that, you know, Mike is sort of on edge for the vast majority of this episode. And one of the reasons is he feels like the adults have deserted them. Right. Whereas in both of the previous seasons, the adults do come in in some perspective, to assist them. And now they really do feel like they're alone for the first time. So while it, I have no idea where the storyline's going necessarily, it looks like there is some uh, cross-contamination with the Scooper Trooper storyline, considering that's also Russia-based. It does seem like they're sort of off on their own, which is going to bring new circumstances in for these kids that are not so much kids anymore. Yeah. The adults are acting like kids, too, to some degree, as they raid a 7-Eleven of all of its wares. I know. Chugging new Coke. I mean, it's not like they were in like the desert for four days. They were walking through the forest for like two hours, and I'm like, gotta slam a tab, man. Yeah, they're they're choking down new cokes, some Dr. Peps. Uh, Alexi just like pounding the the slushy mach- machine. Uh, Hopper's gonna snap into a Slim Jim at one point while he's carjacking Todd, the Todd father. Uh, I love. What did you think about Todd? I mean, well, Todd- I mean, it's another. It's it's potentially to some degree another a uh, little bit of a Terminator thing mm. where Terminator Two Xander Berkeley plays Todd, John Connor's stepfather or foster father rather. Uh, there's the the great uh, the great line. She's not my mom, Todd. That uh, John Connor says to says to Todd as he drives away on a bike. Uh, and uh, he didn't get stabbed in the face through a milk carton at the very least. This guy, so I don't know. Car- I don't know what Arnie Arnie could have done something. <laughs> the to this carjacking guy. is probably fairly innocuous comparatively. It was a fun scene, I guess. Again, it's just like I don't know that. Like, there's this is Stranger Things season one was was funny and and endearing. And I feel like it wasn't nearly as gaggy. You know mm, what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is, it's a gag. There's been a lot of gags this season. Erica, you know, who's amazing, uh, but she had like the whole, like, uh, like the, the, the pro capitalism speech, which was a gag. <laughs> uh, like, just the whole ice cream scene was a gag. The, the Todd jacking is a gag, man. And it's not quite making me gag, mm. but it's just, it's just not my favorite thing. It's just so weird. It, it, Stranger Things has just become very tonally strange to me. It's, it's skirting the line i would say and while i do love comedy and especially levity and things that scare me i do agree that the first season might have had some stuff grounded in characters and i feel like the the characters in the first season were pretty you know grounded as well i think maybe the more characters we've gained and the more notoriety they gained the more that we have taken the charcoal of these characters and blurred them a little bit with our palms and as a result you can make more you know 
fun stuff happen, like, you know, Steve quibbling that he's not a nerd to Erica, or, right. you know, all, all the Hopper sort of varying between badass cop and complete, you know, do- doofy dad uh, from an a- from a TGIF sitcom. Like, it's odd to watch what they do with some of these characters, but that being said, like, they, they do have some really fun moments as well. I do feel like the Hopper thing, while a bit cartoony, was still rounded or grounded in that bad cop thing with him saying like, "Yeah, I'm a police. I'm chief of police. I'm good. Even though this is not my uh, jurisdiction, I'm going to take your vehicle here. Take the Slim Jim by. Right. Not even giving any sort of a reasoning behind it or a location in which to find him. So I think that there's still things in there that make Hopper a fun character. Though I could see that this, especially with I think with Joyce being on board, maybe makes it a bit more cartoony because she always seems like. I don't know, someone that wouldn't necessarily be in on, like, pulling the phone out from uh, Klein's secretary or hopping in pretending to be Detective Byers, you know, looking, uh, carting this child murderer off to prison. Right, right. So it, it, maybe her involvement... I is, thought he was a forger. Uh, yeah, I... He's a forgery. I, I mean, Hopper went full bloom with his choice of crime <laughs> there. That's great. I feel like not. I feel like full bloom would have been worse. No. Let's never, not test it. Again, no, let's not go back to Stranger Thongs. Yeah, let's not... Yeah, let's not go there. Please. Let's try to forget about that. So they drive off at the Todd Father. Uh, you you called it pretty quickly that they were going to, to go and visit your boy, Murray. Yes, my boy, specifically. You love, you love Murray. I love Murray. Murray, I, I think he got a change in hairstyle, it seems. It's a, it's a little bit more feathered out, so I'm happy about that. He's gone from uh, the bathrobe. Now we're seeing Summer Murray, yeah. which is a fetching pair of shorts. Looks, turns out that Murray's a never-nude. He's got the he's got the cut He's one of dozens. He's one of dozens. It's great. Uh, so I we'll see exactly what the involvement is. I mean, he'll speak Russian, so I'm assuming that are they just going to use him to? He's translate? the Alexi Whisperer, right? Yeah. Uh, and like you know, he's he seems like he has very frosty relations with the Russians. Uh, this being uh, this this series taking place during the height of Cold War tensions. Uh, yeah. So I I imagine I mean obviously they've already introduced Alexi as a character who is uh, who's going to be a source of comic relief. Uh, the uh, fact is, that we don't know what he's saying helps with that. The is, fact that he's like running off wildly, that he's just like uh, crushing soda, that he's in the back of the car looking like a total psycho uh, when we know he's like not that level of psycho, at least we assume. Um, and I feel like getting that comedic energy mixed in with uh, Brett Gelman is going to be is going to be fun. Here's my prediction. I think Alexi is the season three dart. The season three dart where he gets introduced in one of these middle episodes uh, you know, becomes is technically part of the enemy, but becomes so tied into the main characters that he'll save them in you know uh, a big, sure, a big yeah. moment of weakness. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that for sure. Uh, that like he somehow becomes friends with these people and does something to help them when it's against the the greater cause. I mean, we've we've seen him before, and he we saw him in the very first sequence of the right. season, right? Where he's the one who's given one year to to do what his predecessor could not in Russia, which he did. Which he, which he seemingly has done. So good for you, Alexi. Uh, but like, he didn't seem like he was entirely excited about that prospect and probably quite terrified at the fact that someone had just been choked out and murdered in front of him. Uh, so him making some sort of turn towards the, the side of, uh, uh, of Hopper and Joyce and, and uh, Murray, that makes some sense to me. Um, I'm excited to see where that goes. He, he seems like a fun character. Yeah, I think it's, it's some fun comedy to mix in there, whether or not you want to say it's you know, uh, reaching the pinnacle of camp or not, even though Dustin ironically came back from camp. We're still at camp. Right. Uh, Let's go quickly to the Scooper Troopers. Uh, Go back to the elevator. Uh, Steve's going to... Steve, the number one of the group, is going to take a number one (laughs) off the side 
of the elevator. I thought, honestly, for a second that Steve's pee was going to reveal something. Yeah. And I guess it was just, to your point, to reveal very tr- That would be very joke. Trolls too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I must! I must! Uh, yeah, there was no old man telling Steve that while everyone was frozen, he has For to 30 pee. seconds he has in the elevator. the elevator so that nobody the- takes the <laughs> green goo. Yeah. Be- Actually, the green goo would be linked, because it's yeah. linked to the trolls that love vegetables. It's true. Maybe hate- this was a secret Trolls 2 reference. And hate double-decker bologna sandwiches. Yeah. If you haven't seen Trolls 2, by the way, uh, you can see the documentary on it and yeah, probably that's... get the same, uh, if not better, uh, value for your for your time. Uh, so, so Dustin is talking about how Steve and Robin have been talking all night long. We didn't get to see any of that. Apparently, they've been in the elevator for hours and hours and hours at this point. Erica is still somehow just like iron stomach, which is so impressive and admirable. I, has Dustin been missing from his home for like two days at this point? Because it seems like he staked out them all overnight. And then they were in the elevator overnight as well. Yeah, I don't know uh, why no one is coming looking for Dustin at this point. Everyone should be very worried that he's just totally missing in action. And he's other, literally in a Russian bunker right now. And the other, th- I mean, his girlfriend especially, he's probably most worried about her. If she exists. If she exists. The interesting thing as well is that, you know, the last time he left the party is he was like pretty pissed that everyone abandoned him on the hill and which sort of caused him to seek out Steve specifically. And that's sort of the last time that Dustin saw the rest of the party and they haven't really talked about him much either uh so he's really been on his own journey as they like to say uh, do you make anything of the fact that steve and robin were talking all night are we being groomed for uh for uh, a showmance between steve and robin 100 percent. i think we're looking at like i think steve's tries to paint it as like a, a she's all that moment but it's really more of like an american pie type of thing uh where they're both kind of dweeby but i absolutely think once they defeat the monster, it might not be a full-out makeout session in the middle of Starcourt Mall, but I do think that it's going to be at least a kindling that they're building at this point. Because otherwise, you know, why make reference to it? So, we had it in, like, what, episode three, now we have it in episode five, so let's look out for it in seven. So the, so the green goo is not going to turn you into a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. It's going to liquefy you if you if you try to drink it, which Erica says she's going to do. If the choice is die of thirst or drink the green goo, she's drinking that shit. I mean, listen, I think Erica is the early producer on, uh, was it, uh, the Bear Grylls show? Oh, God. Uh, Man vs. Wild? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, she'll drink the green goo. Uh, you know, it's not it's not a green apple Gatorade, though, and so you got to be very careful with this stuff as we come to find out, because two soldiers, they roll up, they open the elevator, everybody gets to the top, they're watching, they're spying on them, uh, and just when they have the chance, uh, Steve takes the canister from Erica and uses it to prop the elevator door before it shuts on them, and they're able to escape the elevator, uh, and just in time for the door to shut on the green goo, which causes it to explode. And there is, like, uh, again, another straight out of the Aliens page, uh, because Aliens is the only uh, source of acid in fiction. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Other shows are very basic in terms of their pop culture uh, pH levels. So huge acidic reaction that, uh, that... that causes all of the the, the the floor to drip, and it would have been very bad if that spilled on any of them. Let's talk about the worst stealth mission I have ever seen. Where it hasn't you ha- gone hasn't gone well. Where you have two children and two people dressed like sailors trying to get into this Russian facility without being spotted. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I feel so bad for them that they're still stuck in the sailor uniform. I know, like, Joe... It's unfortunate. Joe it really Curry is. And, and Maya Hawk like, have not worn anything but This that. is all they've worn the whole the season. The whole season. We don't see them outside of work, so they've worn that 
for the entire season at this point. They had to spend probably, what, three months? Their best shot at a costume change right now is to, like, capture a Russian guard and it's, change yeah. into their clothes, which I don't know if this, if that's an upgrade. Uh, tough wardrobe year for Joe Keery. Yeah, I, I think that it's... Uh, you know, he was known for his style, specifically in the hair variety. But you put a hat on him, you put a sailor suit on him the entire time. I mean, it's essentially, you know, uh, putting a guy in like a little uh, Shirley Temple outfit with a big lollipop. That sort of feels like what they're doing with Steve this season. But that being said, I'm not too mad at it, especially because he does get his bad moment. He does. So they dig in deeper. Uh, they 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 get into the <laughs> they get into that one room where they like they sneak around so that they can be they can be you know uh, you know they don't raise any alarms or anything and they get into the room and all that's for nothing because there's a soldier there but it isn't all for nothing in the end because it turns out that steve actually can fight yeah uh well i mean he can wield a communicator like a bat yes he's able to do that uh i mean i don't know if it's like hooray steve harrington you're a badass and like we should be celebrating you more or if it's a like a terrible indictment on these Russian forces who should have spotted these people very quickly, like immediately. Again, they're looking like Donald Duck, and you're not going to see them until you say, oh, what's this? Yeah, a couple of Donald Ducks running around your Russian secret underground base. And none of you have found, like, they were driving a car, right? Or they yeah. were, like, in, like, yeah, these long They're doing, like, the hallways. Austin Powers, like, yeah, driving the little, like, forklift things around. And they're just not seeing them whatsoever, despite the fact that they'll step out into the hallway. So you said people. worst stealth mission? Like, I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of feeling the opposite. Like, I think they're doing an incredible <laughs> job. They're, like, playing on God mode. It's, like, best stealth mission in spite of themselves. Yeah, they're playing on God mode. They they barely got, you know, in a fight. And, and Steve was able to, to kick the snot out of this dude. Um, so I, I feel like it's going to work out just fine for them. I feel like they're going to be okay. Well, like, I feel like they're playing with house money right now. Nothing can touch them. Well, they have a key card. They have a possible uniform to change it to. Maybe Dustin can stand on Erica's shoulders or something. <laughs> right. Um, but get a Russian trench coat, really the, fit in. The question is from where we end this, which is now we see that yes, Alexi did get his instructions, but he definitely yes ended the hell out of that reactor and built a humongous one that is blasting a hole through that gate right now. How are... I mean, Dustin and Erica's argument is valid before Maya found that. How are they going to get out of there? What's their exit strategy? They don't have one yet. Uh, But, I mean, they're not going to kill all four of these characters, so they'll get out of there somehow. Um, they're They're really just, like, Mike, they're they're literally reopening the season two storyline. Yes. Like, they're literally undoing the progress of season two. Uh, is is the is the main thrust of season three? I just, there was there was nothing new, you know, that we could yeah. be doing instead. Am I just being an old fuddy duddy? Am no. I being a a a, a, a real uh, Mrs. Driscoll about the whole thing? <laughs> I mean, listen, if you're a Mrs. Driscoll, you'll uh, you have other problems there. Feasting on you're, fertilizer. Yeah, exactly. You're not you don't have soil encrusted around your lips. So I'm 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 uh, I'm inclined to say you're not a Mrs. Driscoll. I don't think point. it's the end of the world. And at this point, I think my expectations of Stranger Things are, are falling into the right place. Where I'm just I'm just trying to have fun right now. Yeah. And I'm having fun right now. I'm having a really good time actually. Uh, yeah, this has been it has been a lot of fun. I do agree that I think it's just a little repetitive. It's it's a little tough to be like yes we're going back to what happened in season two and i think that what the kids storyline has done so well or at least the the zombie side of things has done really interestingly in terms of reinventing you know what effect these creatures can have yeah this does feel it feels like you know when we went back to hawkins lab even last season they're like oh yeah we're gonna keep going into the upside down you know and maybe they're trying to play up that 80s horror trope of like we're gonna keep going back to cape crystal lake 
You know, we're we're gonna keep buying those Chucky dolls. I mean, it, it feels like since they've got the Mind Flayer front and center again this season, that like it feels like we've we've met the big bad of the upside down, right? Like yeah. it feels like there isn't something bigger than the Mind Flayer. Otherwise, we probably would have gotten it this year. And the fact that we're just getting it again means that from seasons one to two, they went straight into like the worst thing that's in the upside down. Mm. So like, how do you top that? So by going like bigger, like it kind of like forces them to just like continue like repeating that size. Like you can't really go bigger than the mind flare. So you just go that big again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's, you know, it's fine. It's totally fine. One, well, we also figured out that the green goo, like you said, is not the ooze, nor is it a, a super soldier serum. It is just literally to power the machine. Yeah. So, I mean, you know what? I'm glad Erica didn't drink it because it looks like it's a nice reactor juice. But at the I mean, same who time, knows what kind of powers she would have, uh, she would have had. If, <laughs> she uh, could, she could close the gate. Maybe she becomes like 12. She could, <laughs> she could, as in like the age or she would oh, have become, uh, yeah. That's the, that was what She'd the birthday was all about was her turning 12 and also becoming 12 in terms of her psionic powers. All right, let's talk about the combination of the party plus two, Jonathan and Nancy, which is going to result in this big uh, fight scene at the end of the episode. So everybody's with Eleven. She's spying on Hopper. Uh, They're going to Illinois, uh, and nobody really knows what that means. There's the funny kind of like, no meatloaf, mom, bring me the meatloaf (laughs) uh, uh, moment that, that Mike has. Yeah, that's, I mean, we were talking about Karen Wheeler's odd role in Stranger Things season three, let's put another check in the uh, under her box here of you know just random off-screen character used for Mike uh, atonally screaming at her. Yeah, still no story for for Karen Wheeler. Uh, so waiting for that. Hopefully, uh, I'll I'll keep waiting. I'll be at the restaurant, uh, imbibing <laughs> imbibing by myself, crushing breadsticks, gumming breadsticks, waiting for that Karen Wheeler storyline. Uh, but who knows? It, it was really funny. I liked the scene. This this was cute. Like this was character based comedy that I really liked. Uh, it was Max with Eleven in the bathroom and they're talking and Mike being freaked out about how they're conspiring against me and everyone's like with everything going on, this is what you're concerned about. I was like, it's a sub concern. <laughs> I love sub. Concern. I, I thought that that was I, fun. I, I, I like that, that. As like my put that in my Rolodex from now on. My life, Mike, is nothing but an endless stream of sub concerns. Like I am just sub concerned about everything at all times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're. It's just sort of like a, if you're making an outline for your life, it's like point one, and then A, B, C, D, E. It's just I think all... the umbrella concern is death. And then the sub-concerns are like all of the terrible things that will lead me to there. It's part of the Umbrella Concern, the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I genuinely don't want to talk about uh, it. Speaking of really fun moments, there's a really great moment of comedy here uh, when I think they were talking about, uh, when uh, Eleven was talking about, you know, everyone puts the pieces together and realizes that, you know, Billy and Heather and Tom, and uh, they're all sort of uh, under the Mind Flayer's control. And Eleven talks about seeing Heather's quote-unquote bad screams. And Lucas sort of smarms like oh what's a good scream and then Elsa's says oh max said and the max just yeah it's, it's one of those like really fun yeah. like oh like adults that go over the kids heads but play into the adults minds or hits hits the adults at peak of intelligence yeah. you know and these and these kids are also not kids again they're sort of budding into their various sexual proclivities so i just i love that moment i i mean i i think that what they're doing with the 11 and max stuff and how it's playing with the boys like i think it's fun i i, I think it's cute I'm, I'm i'm enjoying that yeah i'm glad that we sort of built upon the uh the again if you're speaking about the broad base of comedy the uh spying on boys girls are a different species fartorama yeah scene i'm glad that we built down, upon that down, down, down. yeah uh, <laughs> uh where you know mike uh l's still mad at mike even though you know they do talk a little bit it's clear that from last episode she's still pissed off about that comment uh but apparently josh m&ms 
on the ultimate olive branch. They are. They are. They, they go to the hospital. After some sleuthing, they team up with Jonathan and Nancy. They compare notes. Uh, Nancy has figured out, uh, like, she's like, she's, she's been, literally Nancy Drew. Josh. She's been, she's been studying, uh, dropped body temperatures to which Will is so excitedly like, he likes it cold. Oh my God. That's like, like yes, that's it. Thank that's you. Is what you talk about, Will, as a stranger. Yeah. He likes it cold. Oh my God. He likes it cold is going to be the new Stragoy. Uh, uh in, I'm, in I'm so, I want, I know Baskin Robbins, uh, you know, uh, shout out to also our friends on the podcast, Hagen Doss. Yeah. Uh, but Baskin Robbins did some Stranger Things flavors in a of the new season if they yeah. do it for season four it, the the you know the tagline has to be like we like it cold yeah we like it cold uh we like it cold and we like it when they go to the hospital and and all sorts of horrors <laughs> break out we like it when they go to the we hospital. do because this is a great this is a great scene not not something you say every day mike but in the in the context of this episode of stranger things uh the the hospital Listen, stuff better that the children funny. end up in the hospital than in poor alexi's hands because well, what he's known for everything is like going well right like everybody's like kissing and making up healed rifts you know uh mike and 11 they're the the olive branch as you say, of some M&Ms. Uh, she, you know, helps him with the vending machine and Lucas is like, that's your chance and it seems like things are going okay there. Wow, Lucas with some surprisingly adept romantic advice. I love I love Lucas. He's so great. And he's he also seems to be making it. Max and him are back on again, I guess, throwing candy into each other's mouths yes. is really the, uh, the ultimate gesture. Yes. And we see that Jonathan and Nancy, like, they have their whole, like, Jonathan has his Mia Culpa in the elevator. He's like, ah, oh, I was a dick. I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. And Nancy's very happy to hear it, and they seem like they're teaming back up, and that's great. Yeah, and now we get up there, and I'm glad they worked through all this, because things are about to hit the fan. Yeah, because here's Tom uh, of, the, of the Hawkins newspaper, and he's here, and he's so thrilled to run into Nancy and Jonathan here. Mrs. Driscoll is gone. She went back home. She went back home. Tom's got, like, blood on his hands. Who's he killed? I mean, apparently, literally everyone in everyone, this hospital—they're all dead. Like, Sans, the uh, very fun receptionist who uh, almost got Nancy killed, considering that she was too busy holding up the line to listen to her pleas of help. I don't feel like I fully understand why Tom had to go back to work if then he was just going to be sent out to be a murder machine. <laughs> Maybe he's like, "I'll cover the hospital." It seems like there's a lot of people who've been tapped to be uh, to join the flayed. I guess that's what we're calling them since mm-hmm. that's the name of the episode. Uh, that there have been a lot. There are a lot of people in the flayed who are probably yes less useful than than the guy in charge of the local news. Like that seemed to be why they wanted to be you know working with Tom in that way, the mind flayer. And now he's just a bruiser, as is Bruce, who's a bruiser. Yeah, Jake Busey. Uh, th- a bruiser. This is where finally. After four episodes of just being a big old douche, finally he got to go full Busey with his approach to Nancy here. Oh my god. It was so ridiculous. He shows up, he's got like the, the injury. Owie. <laughs> yeah, which is again a, another fun little element. So now something we know about the high mind is that if you hurt one of them, it's gonna hurt the others. And that's how both Tom and Bruce end up dying. You know, I don't think that either Nancy or Jonathan on their own could kill both of them. As we saw, you know, she stuck a pair of scissors in his back. Didn't necessarily work. But the combination of her with the fire extinguisher with him with the scissors at the same time ended up killing them both. I wonder if that's what they're going to figure out the plan is, which is essentially, I think, to divide and conquer. Yeah. And try to take out as many people as possible at the same time, which is going to require a huge effort, especially since they do not have all phones to communicate 
with one another. Maybe that's where the radio tower is going to come in handy, Josh. Oh, I like that. Cerebro. Yeah, Cerebro is going to going to be the great unifier. So do we think that because like Nancy and Jonathan totally tool Bruce and Tom, and by the way, they totally tool them. Yes. Uh, like literally with tools in the case of what happens to, to is it is it Tom that Jonathan like stabs in the throat with, with, the, scissors? with the scissors? Yep. And then we have, uh, and then Bruce just gets his face smashed in by Nancy. And Bruce is totally, I know I, I, I think I um, used my up my Jack Torrance reference last time in in error because this was totally like him, you know, back. Yeah, he has his his shining moment. And he's slowly peeling back the curtains in a very, again, a very slasher. I'm here for you, Nancy Drew. Yeah, in a very slasher-like style. Uh, But this was just so much fun. It was simultaneously terrifying to watch them just, like, run for their life. My God, Jonathan just getting his ass handed to him Fun. by bruce no, this is kind of satisfi- satisfying for me i feel like it was <laughs> cathartic in a way and like i feel like equalized with jonathan and nancy after what they've endured <laughs> in this episode like i'm willing to extend them a lot more slack than hey, i have jonathan the i'm the only one that can break my back <laughs> yeah don't steal my thunder yeah he's he's gonna be all right i think that he's gonna have a quicker recovery than master bruce which was crazy considering that bruce bashed his <laughs> back in with yeah. a metal school yeah it was it was pretty amazing but do we think that like so we know that when when Tom gets hurt or when Bruce gets gets hurt, those two are both injured. Do we expect that like Billy, Mrs. Driscoll, Heather, anyone else who isn't there, are they like in whatever secret layer they're in, just like nursing like face wounds? Mm, I Probably w- not, because that that would just like end the whole thing. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe if, it's like a proximity thing. Yeah, so I think that's the the back home comment is really the most applicable one. I wonder if the closer you are to the steelworks to the hub the less you feel the effects of it. And this also links back to, you know, when we saw Billy and Mrs. Driscoll both hulk out, I think Driscoll was doing it in response to Billy. Right. And so I wonder if it's a thing of like, you know, everyone's who uh, is at the steelworks is below the surface. If you pick your head up above the surface like a meerkat with a fellow meerkat and something happens to you, something's going to happen to that other meerkat while the other meerkats underground are none the wiser. Right. Uh, so they kill him and then they both turn into the goo. And then the goo goos away from their killers, and they start gooing out into the hallway, and they're gooing all around the corridor, and they start gooing closer and closer towards each other, and then they goo into each other, and they turn into something that is more than goo. Some gooey little monster thing that looks pretty similar to the monster that we've seen already. Yes, and I don't know. I don't think it's that exact one, unless like like the demodogs. There are multiple versions. Well, maybe of this, this is like the demodog version of that bigger thing. I, I think, and I, uh, I'm sorry to make so many video game references over the course of the podcast. It's like the liquor. It reminds me actually of uh, Chaos from the Sonic Adventure series. Ah, I never did it. There were various forms of Chaos where, like, depending on what it assimilated, it would form into different things. I wonder if this is just sort of like an offshoot of that i mean if they have to face down with multiple versions of these things they're in a very tough situation i i would not think that the main guy would stray outside of the steelworks that's why i think billy and heather bring people to it so i imagine that this is just sort of like if these two turn into goo form and come together like if a big rat king formed out of all the rat goo from the first couple episodes it would sort of look something like this yeah it seems like it uh but it was gross it was exciting uh, it was a it was a great time on on Stranger Things three with the Flayed. That was a blast. Yeah, this is this is a we moved the chains in so so many ways. So much so that several. I mean, I would say nearly all the characters. I'm like, I have no idea how they're going to get out of this situation. You know, whether it's trapped in a Russian lair, staring down this really insane creature that's feral. 
uh, or dealing with a, a Russian captive, though a willing captive on your hands who doesn't know a lick about what you're saying as much as you try to explain it, Joyce, using rocks. Uh, it seems like we are in for a load of just... I don't know, frenetic energy coming in. And the 4th of July still hasn't happened, Josh. It still hasn't. It's and, on, and it's the fireworks in the are yet to come. The, I mean, it, it has happened in our world, but in the world of Stranger Things, as far as you and I have encountered it, it has yet to happen. All right, so that's going to do it. Uh, that's the flayed. Uh, Mike, you thought that this might have uh, an AV club focus with Mr. Clark. Mr. Clark was name-dropped. He was name-dropped. I thought that they were going to be looking for a source, like a news source. Uh, they've got a source in Alexi, potentially. Mm. The news people were front and center in the final conflict of the episode. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I, I think I get it. I think so. And I think they also mentioned a source. The eponymous source is, uh, you know, the, the, what we, they don't know it's the steelworks. We know yeah. it's the steelworks, yeah. but they're looking for essentially a home point after, uh, Mrs. Driscoll pulled her best Jack from Lost and went back home. So I, I think we give you points there. Uh, because, yeah, I, I think that as much as Mr. Clark might have gone name-dropped, it was purely out of jealousy and not for his AV woes. So uh, next episode, episode uh, six coming up, uh, previously titled The Birthday, as far as we knew it, it has changed uh, to the Latin phrase, I'm going to butcher it, and I'm so sorry, uh, e pluribus unum. In God we trust. Uh, out, out of many, one. Uh, so I mean, I feel like that that fits with what we're what we're dealing with on Stranger Things three so far. Yeah, this year, and which is really fun as well because it's also the motto of the United States. So maybe we're getting closer to Fourth of July as well. Yeah, uh, um, I know that. I mean, the birthday made me think at the top of this episode that maybe we're going to go to Uncle Jack's birthday. Maybe unlike Ooh. what Steve said, it is that important. But looks like Erica is uh, predisposed at the moment. She might want to check a rain check. On that party and just but maybe that'll be how uh, someone's like maybe we should be checking in on Erica. What about Dusty? No one's been looking for poor Dusty for for a good little while. Yeah, just a bit. Uh, so so that could be the way. All right, we are uh, gonna wrap it up here on the source. That's the that's another week in the books here on the Stranger Things podcast here on Post Show Recaps. We're gonna be back very soon. We're gonna have our episodes six, seven, and eight podcasts coming your way next week. We're gonna be wrapping this thing up before we get to the following week with our feet feedback special uh the end is in sight mike bloom yes the end is nearing uh though it feels it feels like just the beginning of a lot of different storylines as well so it's a lots of different storylines much in the air there's a lot in the air right now instead of just goo yeah. All right. So we want your feedback for that final feedback show that we're going to be doing at the end of the season. Postshowrecaps.com slash feedback is our feedback form. Tweet at us at postshowrecaps is the Twitter account. I'm at Rand Howard. Mike is at a Mike Bloom type. Uh, subscribe to what we're doing. Postshowrecaps.com slash stranger things uh, is the way to do that. Ratings and reviews. We appreciate those. Please send them our way. We will be back next week talking about more monsters and goo and Probably ice cream and coming up on the Monsters and Goo podcast and gummy breadsticks. All the all the things that you signed on to this podcast for that we're going to keep doubling down on. That's what you're here for. That's what at the very least. That's what we've. That's what we're delivering. So uh, take it or reject it. <laughs> all right, let's uh, end this. I gotta go take a pee. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>